Hello and welcome to the You Matter to Christ podcast. Many of our listeners and guests call this podcast an experience because throughout the variety of extraordinary people we have on the show, you'll hear stories of overcoming trauma, hitting record-breaking business goals, people forgiving the unforgivable, and yes, even miracles that will shock and inspire you. On this show, you'll hear from professional athletes, entrepreneurs, and everyday people from all walks of life. Discover the profound truth that regardless of your background or circumstances, you matter deeply to the creator of the universe. You were made for a purpose, and you matter to Christ. Get ready for inspiring stories, personal testimonies, and uplifting messages that remind us of the unchanging love and grace available to all. And remember this, you matter to Christ. Hello and welcome back to the You Matter to Christ podcast, formerly Living a Better Story podcast. Today, I'm with a very special guest, Kayla Bradham, who knows my good friend Darren Gray, it turns out, and she is the EVP of Sports Philanthropy with the sports, you'll have to say that, Kayla, Sports Broadcasting Network? Sports Philanthropy Network, actually, Chad. Sports Philanthropy Network. There we go. Well, we got the philanthropy part right. So that's excellent. Well, I love what you're doing. I love what Darren's doing. And I'm just excited to have you on the show and drill down on some of the work that you do. So thanks for being here. Thank you. Absolutely. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. So let's dig in. I like to kind of rewind the tape for everybody to help to get to know you at the core. And the best way I've found to do that is by asking you, when you were five, six, some of your first memories as a child, what are some of those things that you remember? Your passions? What did you love to do? Share with me that kind. So it's interesting that you asked that. And that's really where it all started for me. Chad, I grew up poor. We were so poor. We didn't have a phone. We didn't have a TV. We didn't have a car. We were so poor that my mom didn't have a driver's license. And you know that age when you get the uh, permission slip to play sports and to play an instrument? I wanted to be the best alto sax player, and I wanted to be baseball girl. And my teacher said, Kayla, you can't play baseball. You have to play softball. Here's the permission slip for band and sports. I went home. Chad, I was so excited. And my mom looked at me, looked at the permission slip, looked at the fee, and said, money doesn't grow on trees. That was the end of it. I went back to school the next day. I handed back the permission slip. My teacher said, Kayla, they're not filled out. And I looked at my teacher, Chad, and I said, yeah, well, money doesn't grow on trees. And I started crying. And I don't know who, but somebody in my community paid for me to play softball that summer. I played third base. I played left field. I was blessed to find a Rawlings left-handed glove at a garage sale for a quarter. I was blessed, blessed to find that quarter on the sidewalk that led me to the garage sale. And I'm out there on the field. It was a three o'clock-ish afternoon game in August, and I'm standing on third base. And Chad, I can only say it the way that a little child would say it, right? So August in Wisconsin, I'm looking up and I say, God, if you're real, then when I grow up, can you help me do this for other people someday? 
God is good. Mm. God wow. Is good. That's really a neat story. Um, it helps understand the connection with Pay It Forward and with your faith. Wisconsin, which part? Little tiny town. If you drew a triangle from Green Bay to Milwaukee to Madison, I would be right in the center of that triangle. Wow. There's other Burmeisters that are in Madison, right outside of Madison. So we've been, my grandmother was in Milwaukee. I was born in Madison. So in that part of the world, people drink from the bubbler, if I recall correct. That is correct. <laughs> the bubbler or the coffee cup, one or the other. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So thinking back to those days on third base on an August day when little Kayla's there, imagine that little Kayla walks into your room right now, knocks on the door and grabs a chair next to you and looks across the room and says, Kayla, high five. We did it. Is there anything you think that little Kayla would tell current Kayla about, we should be doing a little more of this and a little less of that? Anything you think younger Kayla might point yeah, out? Yeah, a little bit off, but right there, I think little Kayla would say, hold on, because little Kayla grew up severely physically, sexually, and emotionally abused. And little Kayla had faith in God to know that all those things were happening, all those experiences, the things that would make God cry were happening so that Kayla could grow up and work with kids and work with adults who had a lot of trauma in their life and who could be sensitive to that trauma and who could understand by experience that trauma and point them towards hope. Mm, I so love that. While we're here, because this is a sensitive topic for me right now, there's a little bit of family strife going on, which there is in every family probably from time to time. <laughs> And the kind of debate is around the Old Testament rules-based understanding versus New Testament, God loves you no matter what. Where do you fall on the spectrum? Or some people, it's and all. <laughs> you know, how would you, know, you articulate? So I fall into this space, and I had this conversation yesterday, and it's a big word, and not everybody understands it, but exegesis. And really looking at context, just like in our relationships with our family and our friends, context matters. And we are so quick to take things out of context to make numbers or statistics or facts mean whatever we want them to mean, instead of putting them back into the big picture and say, what are we really dealing with here? What is this really saying? And if we watch sports, if we watch debate, if we watch the news, we're pretty good at it. But for some reason with God's word, seems like every side wants to pick and choose what supports their platform instead of what's really in context. I say stay I in context. I love that perspective, right? Because pure love is pure love and it's unconditional, right? I made sure to grab my daughter last night in the kitchen and I said, hey, Bree, someday if you and I ever get in an argument or anything, I need you to know here and now that we love you no matter what. There's not one thing that you could ever do that would cause that to change. Not anything, period. Full stop. That's right. And, and that doesn't mean that actions don't have consequences, but it means the love is unconditional. Mm -hmm. And that's just it. I think you nailed it on the head, Chad. So it sounds like, like a lot of my guests, we all have the buzzsaw of life moments, many of them, a few of them. Is there something that you'd like to share with the audience? This is the point that really was a slap up to the head, but looking back, and you shared a little bit of it. You said, I went through a lot of these things and at the time it was hard, but is there one that comes to mind where you now look back and say, you know what, that was it? 
Yeah, about 10,000 of them a year, <laughs> right? Like I feel like every day I'm learning and I'm growing and I'm so humble to be in circles of great people that inspire and encourage me. I think for me, obviously, it's a story of salvation. It's hearing a gospel message. And I'm happy to share that because I think for each of us, as I talk with people and they say, my kid is really struggling with this or my partner's struggling with this, I always say, remember that this is their testimony. This is all of this hard stuff is what they're going to use somewhere down the line to say, this is what I'm free from. So growing up abused, growing up in a single parent home, I was actually on court ordered probation until the day I turned 18. And not a lot of people know that. And I grew up Catholic and I felt like no matter what I did, I was never going to be good enough. I grew up without a dad. I didn't have male role models in my life to look up to. And most of the men that I knew weren't that great, save a few. And I just remember thinking as a young mom that I needed to get my kids baptized. I wanted them to go to heaven. And that's pretty common in, in the Catholic faith. And I remember having a hard time with my second oldest child getting her baptized. There was a shortage of priests during that time. And I kept shaking my fist at God. And, and that happened to me other times in my life where if I didn't get what I wanted, I'd tend to shake my fist at God and be angry. So that happened with my daughter getting her baptized. And it happened again after a miscarriage. And I lost a daughter through miscarriage. I had a second daughter who required life-saving surgery at four months. Her surgery cost more than my house. And then the daughter after that, I was induced for a stillbirth. And I just shook my fist at God, even as a believer. God, if you're good, why do these bad things happen? No mom should have to deliver a baby and never hear it cry. No mom should have to pick out the clothes to bury her child in. And I shook my fist, Chad, and I shook my fist, and I journaled, and I prayed, and I cried, and I shook my fist some more. And then one day I felt like God spoke to my heart and said, Kayla, I'm God, and you're not. And if you knew the things that I knew, then you would do the things that I allow, and you would have faith to trust me. And Chad, it hit me. Mm. It really hit me. What is the real essence of faith? It's trusting God when you don't like what God does. Right. It's above our pay grade, right? So yeah. why should we try to go take a job that we can't ever earn the right to be? We need to let that be where it resides. I remember a neighbor, the Bernsteins in California when I lived there, a few years later after we moved out of California, there was a news story that the son was missing. And then a week later, he was murdered. And I remember driving in the car that day in Northern California to the airport. And I was, why, why? I was screaming at the top of my lungs. Why? Because I could feel what he must have felt and the mother. And then when we went to the funeral and we met everybody and I saw the mother, Jeannie, on television, and she's able to forgive the bad person. And you're like, wow, that's just her level of being able to understand God's plan that was proof there. And then my mother, she would have had a sister. And so my grandmother had a miscarriage and she was ready to throw in the towel on having kids. And so they, my grandpa and grandma would never have had a kid. And guess what? Let me tell you the tale of the tape. I'm not here if my mom's not here and my grandmother doesn't faith her way through that. So, and all 
all of the millions of blessings that have come as a result of my mother, my grandparents and everything else. So having faith in the higher power, what you've just shared is very, I am so happy you say that. Thank you. Tell me when God undeniably showed up. Some people he'll yell in their ear. Some people, another person has the conversation with them. You shared one. I'm sure you've had many. What's something that comes to mind that you'd like to share? Well, of course, I want to say every day, right? Like every day God shows up. God is good all the time. All the time God is good. But I'm just going to piggyback off of, and there's thousands of examples I could share, but I'm going to just stay with the flow, stay in the lane, talk about that horrible experience of the first miscarriage. And, you know, Chad, number one, I think it's something we don't talk about enough in our society, sort of abortion and miscarriage are taboo topics for both men and women. And I'd really like to change the course of that. And I hope that by me being vulnerable and transparent, that maybe somebody listening to this, it will open the door and they'll find the confidence to talk and share their story. But for me, part of the heartbreak was I had already had five children. I didn't see a miscarriage coming. I had never had that problem. And so it really caught me by surprise. It was right at the end of 12 weeks. That's sort of like that proverbial, once you're in the second trimester, it's not going to happen. I was right on the cusp. It came out of nowhere. And it hit me hard because I didn't expect it. Life has a way of doing that, right, Chad? Yes. The thing that bothered me the most was that I felt like I didn't know my baby's name. Like for all of these other children, you know, we name our children. We spend a lot of time praying for their names and things like that. And for this child... I didn't even know its name. It's like that baby was gone before it had a name. And I would wake up in the middle of the night sometimes crying just over that grief and that loss that only a mom and a dad and siblings and people who love a baby can know. But one night, that wake up moment for me, I heard God speaking to me in that way that only God speaks to each of us. And we know it's God. And I heard God say to my soul, Kayla, my ways aren't your ways. My names aren't your names. But in heaven, your baby is what you would call symphony. (laughs) And Mm. it hit me because waking up crying in an overwhelming sense of peace to know in heaven. And so number one, to hear that my baby is in heaven for all of the debate about predestination and do you even know that your baby who was miscarried is in heaven? I went through all of that study and what if and I wonder and how do I know? Number one, I knew in heaven your baby's name is. And then I heard the name Symphony and clearly that's not a name that most of us would ever name our children. But I got it. I got it that that baby was a symphony in my life. And I became so convicted of the meaning behind a symphony that my husband and I named our next child, the one who had the surgery, Melody. And our prayer was that if that child was the symphony, would this child be the Melody? Wow. Pretty neat, huh? God moves mountains. So if you were looking in the eyes of someone on the other side of this camera or talking to someone who's just experienced what you experienced, what do you tell them? I tell them that everything you feel is okay. 
God understands our feelings and our emotions and they're okay. God encourages us to be in our feels, right? Control our actions, act with love and grace. And I would say, celebrate your baby. We still every year on our heavenly birthday, as we call it, we have cake and we celebrate that there's a baby in heaven. Celebrate. Wow, love it. Kayla, thanks for being vulnerable today. Thanks for giving back on behalf of God, because you took what could have been and was extremely difficult, painful situation, and you let it become the symphony of your life. And you even named the next child Melody after that. So I just hope and pray that everybody listening today can, when they hit their buzzsaw of life moments, that they can learn from Caleb Radham today. And I really appreciate you being on the show. So thank you. Thank you, Chad. Thank you so much. I appreciate having the opportunity to share. And I'm happy to speak with anybody going through that situation. Sometimes it's hard to know who you can talk to. I feel like I'm blessed to be in a position to understand the pain. Amazing. Kayla Bradham, if you want to find her, you can find Kayla on LinkedIn. It's how I found Kayla. So reach out via LinkedIn and thank you so much. And remember, you matter to Christ. Amen and amen. Thank you, Chad. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on the You Matter to Christ podcast. We hope this journey has reminded you of the incredible truth that your life holds immense value and significance to Christ. As you go about your day, may you carry the assurance that no matter what you face, you are deeply cherished and loved. Remember, you matter to Christ. If you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to subscribe and share it with others who may benefit from this message. Stay tuned for more transformative episodes where we continue to explore the depth of God's love and grace. Until next time, remember that you are not alone. Christ's love is with you, guiding and strengthening you every step of the way. May your life be filled with hope, purpose, and the knowledge that you matter to Christ.